The gaming market is set to boom, COVID-19 numbers continue to rise, and is a stimulus deal ready to be passed? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. The markets are mixed today. Yes, that's right. They are mixed with the Dow Jones down 142 points, NASDAQ up 61 points, and the S&P 500 down 3 points. All the while, the VIX is up a whopping 92, well, 0.92, not 92, 0.92 points, which is roughly 0.28%. I'm not too happy to see that. I was really hoping to see a move, well, below 20 on the VIX, but we are not seeing that. It seems the COVID-19 trade is back and, well... That's not surprising given how high COVID-19 numbers are right now. We've been pushing this barbell approach and, well, it would work quite well today with most of the stay-at-home plays doing well and the COVID-19 reopening plays not doing well. And really, that's the market we are in. We are in a volatile market that is reactionary to these COVID-19 numbers in vaccine news. Now, there are a ton of other factors, and we are going to dig into those right now. And number one is these COVID-19 numbers. And we have to talk about them every single time. Once again, my prayers go out to all the people and families affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Total cases in the U.S. now totaling 14.76 million deaths, topping 280,000. And the seven-day average is now approaching 200,000, according to CNBC data. Now, this is not good stuff, but we do have hope around the world. We do have hope in the United States with a vaccine constantly. Um, in the UK, a vaccine rollout is going to start Tuesday. It'll be interesting to see how that goes and the effects of that over the next few weeks. Um, very interesting, actually. I will be keeping a close eye on this UK vaccine rollout that I believe the market will. Um, how's it going to go? Is it actually going to improve um, the chances of getting rid of this thing? And I guess we will see. It's kind of like a mini test for the US um, and it's definitely a test for the UK. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But on the downside, more lockdowns and restrictions are being implemented daily, it seems, across the country. And that is simply not good for the reopening plays. And we all know what those are. They're your typical um, airlines travel stocks, really, in the airlines and the cruises are included in that. The um, hotel industry, the restaurant industry, you know, all the typical industries affected by not being able to go out retail being another one of those. Now, I want to dig into a market that has actually benefited from the COVID-19 pandemic, but is doing quite well and is going to do quite well. And that would be the gaming market. Now, the gaming market, according to experts, is set to surpass a $200 billion value by 2023. Now, in 2020, um, the market will generate roughly $159 billion, so pretty much $160 billion, and that is up roughly 9.3%. Um, so, that you know, the gaming market's gained 10% this year, the video game market, and I believe it's going to continue, um, and obviously experts do as well, by at least $40 billion, according to the experts. $200 billion um, will be generated by the gaming market by 2023, according to projections. Now, investors will want exposure to this market because it continues to grow, becomes more popular, and 
I firmly believe there are just a few plays that you really want to pounce on for this gaming market. And my number one pick for this video game market, and you probably already guessed it, would be Take-Two Interactive. It's an excellent company, has an excellent balance sheet, and an insane pipeline going into the next five years. I believe it boasts well over 90 games throughout the next five years, so I'm very excited about that. Activision EA um, are also two iconic gaming brands that I believe you want to be in on or you should take a look at for the video game boom. And then there's this ETF, and you would actually pronounce the ticker if you tried to pronounce the ticker as a word, gamer, but it's G-A-M-R, and it is the Wedbush ETF Video Game Tech ETF. So I am very um, excited about that that ETF, you know, is kind of like an all-inclusive um, ETF that includes most of these big gaming names all in one package, and that is, of course, excellent. Um, gives you exposure to the broader market while decreasing risk to an individual stock, which is great. So that is another one to take a look at. Now, a stimulus deal. That is our number one, number one right now, news item. If we do not get a stimulus deal, I fear that the market will fall. I feel that the market will fall back um, and you know, possibly sell off even harder than what it is right now on the Dow. We need a stimulus deal. Now, we have some positives, more positives going into the stimulus deal talks um, than we usually do. Already, Democratic leaders have backed a bipartisan $908 billion proposal. Now, Mitch McConnell and uh, Nancy Pelosi have to agree on this, whatever stimulus deal they do pass. Right now, Mitch McConnell is a little held back on this, not really agreeing, but saying a deal is within reach. We got that news last week. Um, Congress must pass a spending bill, in my opinion. It needs to be passed. Um, well, they need to pass a spending bill, but what I mean by spending bill is the spending bill to keep the government open. They have to pass one of those, otherwise the government will close down. And not only that, but they have to pass a stimulus deal. A stimulus deal needs to be passed. I believe it will be passed, um, and I am excited to see whether a deal is passed. If we do not get a deal, I believe the market will sell off. But if we do get a deal, I think the market continues to move to the upside. I, I think we see more upside, um, and the Dow goes well above 30000 much more than what we're seeing right now if we get a stimulus deal. Um, and, you know, that really comes down to, you know, numbers are rising once again and the nation needs a stimulus and a majority of America, um, is affected by the wins and losses of small businesses. And I firmly believe that small businesses are the key to this economy. And if we do not support them, um, then I firmly believe this economy will collapse, um, in the long run. So we need to support our small businesses. We need to, and a stimulus deal must be passed and the market will see it as a net positive. Now, over the weekend, throughout the last few days, the Running With The Money team and I have broken down multiple names that I think you're gonna to wanna to take a look at. And I'm gonna go through one or two of the breakdowns here on the show. And the first one is going to be AMT. Now, AMT is a holding, uh, is a real estate investment trust, it's a REIT. Um, and they hold the most communication towers. They have the broadest communication network in the world. That's right. The actual hardware used um, by these huge cell companies to get spread their 4G and 5G and their LTE services across the world. Um, really, AMT is a massive player in that. And that is why it's an excellent 5G play. Um, you know. And that's, that's great. So American Tower is a major real estate investment trust in which owns and operates the most communication towers in the world. American Tower Corporation provides wireless communications to five continents, 20 countries, and maintains over 5,500 employees. So, you know, it's a huge 
Um, it's an excellent company, and if you want to get in on 5G, it's a great play. Now, not only is American Tower the leader in the industry, but the company continues to expand. You know, they recently signed an agreement to acquire Insight Wireless Group for $3.5 billion, which is an excellent move, in my opinion, by management. The Insight acquisition will add roughly 3,000 more communication sites overall with 1500 towers in the u.s and 200 in canada so i really do like that deal it expands the company further even when the company is already leading the way and that is what i like so much about amt management seems to never um stop growing they're always looking for opportunities in growth and i like that i like that motivation and that's what i want to see out of a company now Another thing I liked was exactly what the CEO noted, and I'm going to quote him here. The CEO, Tom Burlett, Barlett, said, This transaction augments our foundational U.S. business through the addition of a well-run, high-quality, complementary macro tower-focused portfolio, which also making our entry into Canada. So I like the fact that they are expanding into other regions such as Canada. I like the fact that technology is only increasing at AMT. And I like the fact that the CEO and management is very bullish on the in-site deal. Now, digging into the numbers, and the numbers are a bit um, mixed here. They did miss on the last quarter Q3. They missed on EPS, but they saw plenty of growth under the hood. So, AMT reported an EPS of $1.04 versus the EPS analyst consensus estimate of $1.10. So that was a bit disappointed, uh, disappointing. I wanted to see a beat across the board on earnings. Um, unfortunately, they could not deliver that, but that is okay because after I looked under the hood, they're see still seeing consistent growth and it must have just been a you know an, an effect of something throughout the quarter, possibly the acquisition. So, digging into it, AMT reported revenues of $2.013 billion in Q3, representing a 3% increase in revenue. Not only that, but property revenue also contributed to an increase by 3.4% to $1.988 billion in the property revenue itself. Now, rounding out the report, AMT did report an unfortunate decline in net income by 8.4%, bringing the Q3 net income to $463 million, with an adjusted EBDA, on the other hand, improving by 5.6% to $1.298 billion. So once again, mixed numbers, continually mixed numbers, um, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a great thing, but I am definitely not worried about AMT. They continue to see solid revenue growth um, year over year and i like the fact that they are expanding through acquisitions now when it comes to guidance management did reiterate guidance for 2020 and expects property revenues to total 7.855 billion dollars to 7.915 billion dollars they also expect net income for 2020 to land within a range of 8.85 no 1.855 billion dollars to 1.905 billion dollars so you know, overall, great ranges for 2020, great numbers for 2020, and I am excited to see um, how AMT rounds out the year, and honestly, it's just a very strong real estate investment trust. Um, it's an excellent 5G play, much more of a stronger 5G play than anything, um, and that's really the highlight of the company. If the company wasn't a 5G play, I probably wouldn't be pushing it, um, because at the end of the day, then it'd just be a real estate investment trust. Um, there'd be no catalyst to propel it forward, in my opinion, um, as much as I believe it will be propelled forward in the next few years. But I believe that 5G is the future. Um, you have huge players getting in on it, such as Apple. And I firmly believe that AMT is going to capitalize on this 5G opportunity.
Now, on a final note, uh, the full-year adjusted EBITDA is expected to land between $5.075 billion and $5.125 billion, so that is excellent. Now, the balance sheet doesn't look bad. I would like to see a bit more of a gap between liabilities and assets. Um, you know, when you look at the assets, those come in at $41 billion roughly, and total liabilities come in at roughly $37 billion. So I would like to see a little bit more of a gap, a little bit more cushion there. Um, also, the the difference between their liabilities and debt compared to their cash is significant. Their cash level is only $1.626 billion compared to a $24 billion debt and $37 billion liabilities. Um, so I would like to see a cash increase and an assets increase. Um, it will be interesting to see if we get that. But on a price-to-earnings basis, um, on a price-to-sales basis, and a price-to-book and a price-to-cash flow, you know, the valuation really isn't bad. You know, you look at the price-to-sales, and that comes out at roughly 13 times. The price-to-book is roughly 27 times. The price-to-cash is, once again, roughly 27 times. And the price-to-earnings is roughly 55 times. And for a 5G play, um, unlike other competitors, such as, you know, these huge tech names getting in the 5G. AMT is really not badly priced, and I think they definitely have more upside. Now, management has performed quite well in recent years with a return on equity of around 42%, return on assets around 4%, and a return on invested capital around 5.38%. So I very much do like the fact that management has been executing well. They continue to manage towards a growth portfolio, and I like the fact that they continue to push growth um, the analysts, they are quite bullish on it with price targets all above, even a low price target is above the current price at 244 per share. So I like the fact that the analysts are bullish. I like the fact that the big money is quite involved. 90.15% of AMT is owned by institutions. Um, you know, and it just continues to go on. The technicals look actually quite good here. The stock has been pulling back in recent weeks and months. And I like that, uh, like that fact because then you get the stock at a cheaper price point. So, you know, it's, uh, I take a look at AMT and it's overall attractive to me. And that is why I'm recommending it to you. It's an excellent 5g play and I do recommend you check it out. Go read I and the team's breakdown at runningwiththemoney.com on AMT where we post all our breakdowns, our top picks and much more. Now, we have to dig into another name that actually the breakdown just dropped on, and you should definitely go check it out on the website, and that is Capri Holdings. Now, Capri Holdings is a major luxury fashion group consisting of iconic brands such as Versace, Jimmy Choo, and last but not least, Michael Kors, and we all know these you know, famous brands. Now, there are many other brands out there, luxury brands such as Gucci, and you know the list goes on and on. But I really do like Capri Holdings here. And here is why. It is in, you know, it's just so undervalued, I believe, compared to the competitors. Um, I believe that the stock should be much higher than where it's at. It's been on a multi-year downtrend, and it seems to be finally reversing after that bottom of in the COVID-19 crash. Um, so you know, I do like it, and we're going to dig into it. So throughout 2020, Capri took a major hit due to the COVID-19 fears. But now it is on the way back and it has made a 127% run in the last three months, which is remarkable. Um, but the major drop in Capri Holdings, as we just noted in March in the pandemic crash, was warranted. And it has been seen in the huge hits to earnings, you know. That's why it was warranted because earnings have definitely taken a hit. Now, while the stock has gone on a major run in the short term, I believe long-term opportunity continues to be present in Capri Holdings. 
So digging into the most recent report, the most recent earnings, um, that was Q2 2021. And digging into these numbers, we see that they delivered an EPS B um, with an EPS of 90 cents versus the EPS consensus of 4 cents. So a huge beat, huge beat on EPS. Furthermore, revenues did drop 23% in Q2 to $1.1 billion. Not a huge fan of that, but e-commerce sales increased 60%. So, you know, there's give and takes to this whole report here. You kind of you, you got to sift through the negatives and the positives and take a long-term view and say, okay, when we come out of the pandemic, how good is Capri Holdings going to do? Um, and this is definitely a recovery play and recovery plays are down today. And that's why I'm taking a look. Now, Capri Holding also reported a gross profit of $710 million and a gross margin of 64%. So their gross margin improved, but their gross profit decreased. Um, kind of a non-mix, but I liked the fact that their gross margin, margin continued to improve. Income from operations came in at $153 million. That is up from the $75 million in the same time last year. And net income also improved to $122 million, which is also an improvement from the previous year at the same exact time. So I do like the fact that uh, income from operations and net income increased. Um, management also noted that throughout the Q2 report, um, throughout Q2, that Capri Holdings saw positive sales from both China and global retail segments. So I like the fact that they are seeing positive sales in foreign markets um that's positive to me that shows that the company's brands are well exposed um and they're gaining exposure in foreign markets besides the united states which is excellent now digging into a few other um numbers here now when it comes to margin management explained that the adjusted gross margin expanded by 220 basis points and the adjusted operating margin expanded by 240 basis points um i liked that when digging through the report, I like to quote the CEOs, and actually, I pulled out a quote here that I, I found very bullish. Um, The CEO, John Idle, noted that we are, and this is his quote, we are uniquely positioned to drive multiple years of strong growth as we continue to execute on our strategic initiatives. So I like the fact that the company and management is expecting strong growth, a strong comeback out of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and that is why I'm quite bullish on the company, you know, running through the earnings. Yes, they were mixed, but they improved the EPS beat. It's a recovery play. The stock's been beaten down an insane amount throughout the past few years and most recently in throughout the past year. And not only that, but the balance sheet, you know, I'd like to see some improvement, but it is definitely improving. You take a look, total assets of $7.8 billion and the cash and short-term investments level of $238 million. But on the flip side, your total liabilities are $5.604 billion and total debts $1.781 billion. So not an amazing balance sheet, but definitely an improving one. The valuation is not bad on this stock, and that is one of the most attractive things to me. You know, a, you know, a price to sales of 1.36 times, a price to book at 2.68 times, and a price to cash flow of 8.40 times um, does not deter me. In fact, it attracts me because that valuation compared to so many other names is ridiculous so i do like um you know the valuation when it comes to capri holdings now management performance has definitely lacked some in recent years you know you take a look the return on equity negative 17.3 percent the return on assets 4.96 percent the return on invested capital 6.28 percent so there is something to take in um definitely when it comes to capri now the analysts are bearish on this and i don't know whether that's just because of a lack of upgrades a lack of paying attention to capri holdings and the comeback out of the COVID 19 pandemic or whether they're still too fearful 
of the future throughout the pandemic of Capri Holdings. Um, so that was interesting to me. But on the flip side of that, the big money is quite involved with 83.95% of Capri Holdings being owned by institutions. And of course, you know, your top holders are the usual BlackRock, the Vanguard Group, and Invesco Advisors. So I, you know, those kind of tie out for me. The big money is quite involved, but the analysts are bearish on it. So, you know, um, that really isn't a huge indicator for me either way. And then finally, the technicals overall, yes, Capri has run an insane amount. The MACD continues to move to the upside within a tight range around 3.56. You know, the RSI is over 70, so it is overbought. In fact, it's at 80, um, so it is quite overbought. And the CCI is at 104, and that's overbought. So, you know, when I dig into it, it is tough for me to say go buy it now because it's so overbought. And also they've ran into, it seems, a major resistance around $40 per share. Now, if they can break that resistance of $40 per share, Capri Holdings can continue to move higher. Um, but if they can't break the $40 per share, you know, they'll probably pull back some. And so overall, my overall outlook on Capri is long term. I like it. I think you can nibble on shares here because there is a likelihood that it moves up through that support. I mean, not support, that resistance, and it continues to move to the upside. I apologize if I referenced uh, the $40 per share as a support. It's a resistance. It is a resistance. I apologize for that. But at the end of the day, if it breaks up through that $40 per share resistance, um, the stock can move higher. But if it break, you know, if it can't and it pulls back down, um, you could see a significant pullback. And that is why long-term, I like the stock. You can buy some, but there could be a pullback given how overbought it is. And that is why I want you to possibly, if you're a more shorter-term investor, wait for a pullback and then get in. Now, there was one more breakdown I wanted to touch on, but we're not going to go through it. Um, check it out at runningwiththemoney.com, just like any other breakdown. And that was on General Electric. I think General Electric is a buy, um, given the new Boeing orders and the Boeing comeback. GE gets a lot of business out of their aviation segment, and especially Boeing. And with Boeing starting the comeback, I think GE will as well. Um, I definitely think GE has more room to run. It has... You know, it was hit so hard. It's at 11 bucks a share today. It's up 1.4%. It has gone on a massive run, but I think it continue to move higher and we'll possibly see, um, you know, the stock just continue to move higher. I think in the long run, GE is still an excellent buy. Um, so go check out that breakdown at runningwiththemoney.com. Now, real quick, I'm going to run through a few of my watch list for you and what I'm watching. I'm watching Marvel Technologies, Verizon, Bristol-Myers, TGX, McCormick, Starbucks, which is at $101 a share. That is now finally over $100. AbbVie, Abbott, Disney, UPS, UPS, in my opinion, is a buy here at $167. Seattle Genetics, um, it's still too high for me. Don't touch it. Take two, I like 183, new 52-week high. What did I tell you a few weeks back at 160? I said buy it. Well, look at that. It's at 183, 23 point gain, um, running with the money. And I definitely, um, you know, the team definitely cashed in on that move. Microsoft, I'm watching Goldman Sachs. I'm watching MasterCard, Costco, Tesla, Google. I'm watching all of these. And Tesla is finally over 600. I just saw that. What an impressive stock. Craziness. Um, you know, and it just continues to go on. I am also watching you know, some names in my portfolio, Amazon, Apple, NVIDIA, Boeing, Pershing Square, um, the probably the only spec that I am willing to put money on, which is up 1.71% today. Salesforce, it's up three bucks today, 228 bucks a share. It looks to be bouncing finally after it filled that gap, bouncing back up to the upside. I'm waiting for a confirmation of a comeback on that um, and a move back to the upside and then I might be getting in. 
But that is the show today. Man, were those a lot of names that we just went through. Um, and, you know, it just continues to more and more names. You know, Chipotle Mexican Girl, CMG, Shopify, The Trade Desk. You know, I can just keep going. Netflix, Adobe, Regeneron, Thermo Fisher, Zoom, Domino's, Ring Central, um, Spotify, I think is an excellent name, Roku, Viva Systems, Home Depot. I mean, if you, if you really want to keep going through the list, there are just so many great names. ServiceNow, Teladoc, Stamps.com, CrowdStrike, Chegg. I like a lot of these names still, um, and they continue to move higher. I mean, today is definitely a stay-at-home name day. I mean, you see all the stay-at-home names just running big time. So, those are some names that I am watching um, on across all of my watch list, you know. In my watch list, another tip is have the Kramer COVID index in your watch list. It's one of my big watch lists. I have tons of watch list. I have tons of watch list. Um, but you know, the Kramer COVID index is an excellent index. I was kind of reading a lot of names off that, just going down the list. Um, you know, that is an excellent watch list. You can look it up, find it on Google. It has a huge diversification of names, uh, and it's kind of like a giant barbell portfolio watch list. So I do like that. Um, it is definitely a great list to get you through the pandemic and some names to pick up when we're coming out of the pandemic. So I very much do like that. Dollar General, Square, more excellent names uh, that I am watching and I think you need to be watching as well. So that is the show today. Thank you all for listening. Um, check out everything we've talked about today on the show. Once again, runningwiththemoney.com. That is where you can find all of the team's breakdowns um, and our top picks. Thank you for listening. You can follow me and my team at Running With The Money on Facebook and Instagram or follow me on Twitter to get literally everything out of the Running With The Money team posted directly on Twitter or sign up for our email list on our website where we will email you our breakdowns directly. Literally, we write the breakdown and we'll post it and it'll be sent directly to you right after we write it. Um, and that is a benefit of being on the email list. Thank you all for listening. Also, check out some dope trading gear. Um, if you want in and if you want to see some clothing that has been based on the market, if you want to rep the market, um, represent what you love to do, check out runningwiththemoney.shop where we have some awesome gear. Thank you all for listening. I will be back on, once again, another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. As you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we'll be back Wednesday. See you then. Eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I will see you Wednesday.